I'm Michelle, certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach. And I'm Marissa, and I'm a certified nutrition coach and group fitness instructor. And this is the Strong and Simple Podcast. We're tackling the latest fads, trends, and hot topics in the nutrition, wellness, and fitness industries using science and conversation to bust myths and give you the information you need to navigate the bullshit. Tune in for your twice a week truth bombs every Tuesday and Friday. We, Michelle Farrell and Marissa Zabo of the Strong and Simple Podcast, reside on Pawtucket land. We acknowledge the land and the Pawtucket people, as well as the land and the people of the many Native nations of whom the land belongs. To respect and honor them and their land, as well as to be mindful of the harm colonialism has and continues to do on the Indigenous people of the United States and the world. This land acknowledgement is our commitment to support Indigenous peoples and their voices in the struggle against systemic oppression and for human rights, as well as to push against the cancelling and erasure of their history, their stories, their culture, and their present. We encourage you to visit native-land.ca to discover whose land you are residing on, as well as ways to support Indigenous folks. Hello, and welcome back to the Strong and Simple Podcast. This is Marissa here to bring you this week's mini-sode, and our topic for this week is, is 1,200 calories actually sufficient for an adult to consume? Why or why not? (laughs) So um, there have been, over the last couple of years now, there's been a big pushback against um, 1,200 calorie diets. And you see a lot of content on social media, on people's websites about how um, 1,200 calories is appropriate for a toddler. And there's a lot of pushback against that too from the dieting community. There's actually a hashtag on Instagram, hashtag 1200 is plenty. Um, so it's a contentious topic. And I think that a lot of us have become accustomed to the notion of only eating 1200 calories a day. And the fact that we look at a nutrition facts label and it says based on a 2000 calorie a day diet for the RDA, we think that this is the normal range for human beings, 1200, 2000 being the maximum, that kind of thing. So I want to dig into this today and answer the question for you, is 1200 calories actually enough for an adult? So rather than just directly answering that question with a yes or no, which I realized would make a much shorter episode, um, I want to give some context. I want to give you some information to illustrate my point. Um, So I want to start by talking about the Minnesota starvation experiment, which if you are like most people I've encountered, you've never heard of this before. If you have, awesome, great job. Um, This isn't something I really like to talk about um, because, I mean, first of all, this would have never made it past a modern IRB. Um, but second of all, I find it, it's interesting and it's very illustrative. So Minnesota starvation experiment, what was it? So during world war II, where hunger and starvation and famine were a very imminent threat, it was something that was happening in Europe. Um, the topic of human response to starvation was becoming intriguing. And so 
this group of scientists assembled a group of 36 white men, as it always is in any type of study. We'll study it on white men and, you know, extrapolate to the population, but that's neither here nor there. Gathered together this group of 36 white men <clears throat> and wanted to create this study to examine the effects of starvation on them mentally and physically, and then also kind of study rehabbing them from the brink of starvation. So they gathered these guys together, and you guessed it, Minnesota. And what progressed from there was a very long uh, experiment period. So it was divided into stages. The first stage consisted of three months, and that was the normal feeding stage. And so um, one thing I will say is from what I've read, um, this was a very like heavily monitored study. So they were taking lots of data, lots of measurements, lots of information from these guys during this normal feeding period. They were keeping them on the same diet. They were controlling for the foods they ate, for how many calories a day they were consuming. And they were taking a lot of baseline information. So they did that for three months. And then following that three month normal feeding period was the six month starvation period, during which time the researchers dramatically slashed the caloric intake of the participants every day and monitored them for what changes they were able to notice both physically and behaviorally and mentally and emotionally in these participants as well. And the response to this starvation diet was dramatic. And it the effects really kind of ran the whole spectrum, physical, mental, emotional, behavioral, all kinds of things. So what did the researchers see? So they saw that um, there were significant decreases in participant strength over the course of the, the study. Their stamina decreased their energy levels plummeted, their heart rate actually slowed down, their libido dropped, and they became obsessed with food. All these guys would talk about was food, what their favorite foods are, what they couldn't wait to eat when this part of the study was over. They would pour over cookbooks like it was pornography. Um, they would dream about food. It became this like obsession for them. And that's all they could focus on was how hungry they were, food, what little rations they were given. They would eat so painstakingly slowly to try to make it last as long as possible when they were eating. They were irritable, uh, they were depressed, they had difficulty focusing. The researchers also noted a 20% decrease in, decrease in overall participant strength. Their hearts actually decreased in size. Their hearts actually got smaller. Their blood volume also decreased, which would make sense if their heart was shrinking, and their blood, blood vessels also decreased as well which again would make sense if the heart and the blood volume are decreasing. So would the blood vessels. So this is a big deal. These are some significant changes, right? So, I mean, we have the, the physiological response with, you know, actual changes in these physical structures within our body, um, slowing down of different processes 
And then we have the behavioral, right? This obsession with food and the mental and emotional, these, these dramatic changes in their mood over the course of this study. So there was the six month starvation period and then there was a refeed period after that. And what the researchers found over the course of that refeed period was that the participants were able to regain the weight that they lost during the refeed period, but regaining their lean body mass that they had before they participated in the study took a lot longer than fatty body mass to reaccumulate. And by the time their lean body mass caught up to the levels that it was before the study, they weighed significantly more than they did when they started the study because they were continuing to build non-lean body mass as well. So that was another significant impact that this had on them physiologically after going through this starvation period. They actually were less lean than they were when they started out in the study. So big, big dramatic changes. I'm going to give you a second listener since I can't hear you, but I want you to answer out loud. How many calories a day do you think these participants were eating? I'll give you a second to think about it. How many, how few calories a day do you think it would take to elicit this kind of a response in a human being? The answer is about 1,570 calories a day. 1,570, which is 370 calories more than 1,200 calories. So if we wanted a quick knee-jerk response here, is 1,200 calories a day enough for a human being? Absolutely the fuck not, right? Just based on this study alone. Right now, obviously there are some limitations, right? This was just white men. So can we take this and strictly apply it to women, people of color, et cetera, et cetera? Well, no, but that's not to say we can't learn something from this, right? So 1,570 sounds kind of like a, a decent amount of calories, I think, to most of us listening here. Um, but it was enough to really push these guys to, to the brink in a lot of ways. Okay. So what happens when we're not eating enough? Right. So this is a classic kind of illustration, right? The things that these researchers recorded from these guys in this study, these are some of the things that happen to us physically when we are not eating enough basically to our body, right? Cause our body doesn't know that we're deliberately restricting calories. Our body's like, oh shit, we're starving, right? Because historically in our evolution as human beings, caloric restriction meant famine and meant we needed to do whatever we could to stay alive. And so when we are not consuming enough calories, then our body starts to slow down significantly our bodily processes that aren't as essential, right? This is what we talk about when we're talking about metabolic slowdown. We heard about this in regards to the biggest loser. There was a study that came out several years ago that had followed participants from that show, the biggest loser for six years and found that not only had they regained the weight they lost and then some, but they also suffered severe metabolic damage. Now, your metabolism does slow down in response to decrease in calories because calories are our body's energy. And so if we don't have enough energy to keep everything going at its current rate, then we got to start shutting down in some areas and redirecting it to those processes that keep us alive, right? We're not 
we're trying not to burn as many calories as we normally would because we can't afford to be doing that. Now, the metabolic damage experienced in the biggest loser participants is something that's going to be different than in somebody who's kind of dieting on their own because I'm just going to call a spade a spade here. Those folks from the biggest loser were subjected to abuse by Jillian Michaels and her co-hosts and the producers of that show. This was severe, severe caloric restriction over exercise. It was dangerous what they were put through for that show. So we can't take the results of that study and wholesale apply it to the general dieting population. However, we do know that significant caloric restriction does leave an impact on our bodies. One of those is that every time we lose weight and regain it, the, our body's set point tends to increase. That is the weight at which our body tends to naturally gravitate to like our, our equilibrium kind of every time we go through the diet cycle of weight loss and weight gain, it goes up a little bit more and a little bit more. So that's something that studies have shown tends to happen with weight cycling. So where does this, this like weight cycling come from? Why is it that folks regain the weight that they lost? So for one, yes, there is some metabolic slowdown, but that can be countered and it will eventually rebound when we start eating more. However, there's something else that goes on here when we are in a severe caloric restriction. We can only do it for so long, right? So I mentioned, you know, our body thinks that we're starving when we're not eating enough calories and therefore it slows down a lot of bodily processes. The other thing that happens is our body drives us to find food, to seek out food. And this is why the participants of the Minnesota starvation, Minnesota starvation experiment were so hyper-focused on food. It is our body's response to starvation by preoccupying us with food and motivating us to go and find it. Right. So that's why we, when we're dieting, right. If we have foods that we've decided are bad foods or off limits foods, and we don't let ourselves have them for long periods of time, eventually when we are faced with the opportunity to eat those foods, very often we hear people talking about feeling like they're completely out of control around those foods. They have no willpower. They can't be trusted around those foods. And they engage in what's called last supper eating. It's that act of almost like unconsciously binge eating these foods because on some level, we don't know when we're going to allow ourselves to have that food again. We don't know how long it's going to be. Similarly, when we are severely restricting our caloric intake on a diet, we get to this point where we can't resist and we binge. And that is our body's kind of insecurity in we got to get as much food into us as we possibly can, because we don't know how long it's going to be before we can eat sufficient calories again. So that's something that we don't talk about enough when it comes to dieting. Everyone wants to say that it's a feeling of willpower. You're just not strong enough. You just don't want it badly enough to stick with it. And that's not what it is at all. It's that our bodies are literally designed to push against that. And at a certain point, willpower isn't enough to fight our body's urge 
to keep us alive. And this starts the binge restrict cycle where we restrict for a long period of time. We can only do that for so long before we do have this episode of overeating, feeling out of control, this last supper eating. And then after that, what happens? We feel guilty about it. We feel ashamed about it. We beat ourselves up. And so we start restricting again. And this cycle begins, this restriction, overeating, restriction, overeating. That's where this diet cycling and this weight cycling comes in as well. And studies have shown that weight cycling, the act of losing and regaining weight over and over again, is extremely detrimental to our health. In fact, it can be more detrimental to our health than simply existing in a larger body. That's something to think about, right? You know, we have weight loss pushed on us as this end all be all, and you should lose weight at any and all costs when one of those costs is actually our health and well being. And it might be better for our health to just exist at the weight that we're currently at. So that's something that's really important to note, too. So, going back to our question that brought us here in the first place today is 1200 calories a day enough for an adult? Well, I think that what I've already described through the course of the Minnesota starvation experiment, the answer is no. But what are the recommended daily allowances for calories? Is it true that 1200 calories is only appropriate for a toddler? Yes. So, the recommended daily allowance for caloric intake for a three-year-old male and also for three-year-old females is 1,000 to 1,400 calories a day. So 1,200 falling squarely in that range there, okay? So three-year-olds should be consuming 1,200 calories a day, not 35-year-old adults. So what should adults be eating? What is the recommendation there? So there are ranges for women ages 26 to 50 years old, the recommended amount of calories per day is 1,800 to 2,400 calories, significantly more than 1,200 calories a day. And where this range comes in is because there are a lot of variables, right? Things like your body size, your activity level, your metabolic rate. Uh, do you have any underlying conditions? Things like that. So that's why there is such a significant range there. People in larger bodies, people who are more active are going to be on the higher end of that caloric intake spectrum. So 1,800 to 2,400 calories for women ages 26 to 50, okay? Over the age of 50, the minimum daily caloric intake is 1,600 calories per day, minimum for women over the age of 50. Not 1,200, not 1,500, 1,600 minimum. And it only goes up from there, again, depending on your body size, activity level, et cetera, et cetera. For men, the recommended caloric intake for 26 to 40-year-old men is 2,400 to 3,000 calories a day. 2,400 minimum to 3,000 calories per day. Same variation in that range. For men ages 41 to 60, minimum 2,200 calories per day. And then over the age of 60, minimum 2,000 calories per day. So I hope that this kind of puts to bed for you the question of, should I only be eating 1,200 calories? So I don't coach weight loss, um, intentional weight loss. I don't 
I don't do diets. I don't do that kind of thing with my nutrition clients. But I do want to speak to the question that a lot of you are probably having. Okay, so then if I want to lose weight, what should I do, right? 1,200 calories is not the answer for weight loss because it is too large of a calorie deficit. In order to lose weight, yes, we do need to be in a calorie deficit, but there are so many other like complicating factors there. Hormone status, uh, how did you sleep? What's your your cortisol levels? Um, Socioeconomic status, health issues. I mean, so many other things go into the weight loss formula, but regardless, you do have to be consuming fewer calories than you are burning in order to lose weight. Um, unless again, barring any other health issues. Yeah. 1200 calories is going to put you in a calorie deficit, but it's a huge calorie deficit. And because it is so big, it's not sustainable. We cannot do that for any significant period of time, not only because we, it's just impossible to stick to for long periods of time, but also because it's not good for us. We're literally depriving our bodies of the fuel that they need to do the basics, right? And if you're adding exercise to that, even worse, even worse, because you're increasing your caloric burn. So yes, caloric deficit required for weight loss. It doesn't have to be a huge caloric deficit and it shouldn't be. It can be very small. So working with somebody, if you are seeking intentional weight loss, finding somebody who specializes in that and working with them to figure out what the appropriate range for you is. And if this person is a good person to be working with, they're going to give you a personalized recommendation. They're not going to give you the same number of calories that they gave Joe Schmo down the street or whatever. Um, it should be personalized to you, taking into account your age, your activity level, any health issues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that is another facet when we're talking about this whole 1200 calorie a day myth. So short answer, no. 1200 calories is not enough for an adult. I would never recommend that an adult consume 1200 calories and you don't have to undertake a 1200 calorie a day diet in order to lose weight. If that is something you are looking to do. So that being said, that is it for this week's mini sewed. Thank you for listening. I hope that this was helpful to you. If it was, please share it um, and show us a little bit of love on your favorite podcasting platform, whether that's a review, a like, a subscription, a follow, whatever it is. Um, and if you have a topic you want us to explore in a future episode, whether it's a mini-sode or we bring in an expert on the topic, email us strongandsimplepodcast at gmail.com. Calm. We want to hear from you and it would be really cool to start uh, featuring some listener input in future episodes. So that's it. Thanks so much for listening. This has been an episode of the strong and simple podcast. If you'd like to learn more about any of the topics we've discussed or about any of our guests, please make sure that you visit us on Instagram at strong and simple podcast. 
And if there's ever any topics, questions, concerns, anything that you would like to suggest to us, please feel free to email us at strongandsimplepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. content of this podcast represents the views and opinions of Michelle Farrell, Marissa Zabo, and their guests, and is not intended to be individualized advice or recommendations. Nothing in this episode is to be construed as medical advice or to substitute for individualized fitness or nutrition advice. Always consult with the appropriate professional for your own needs.